Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you again on another exciting episode. And I am truly honored and just looking forward to interviewing our guest today, Kim Sorrell. And she's going to be talking to us today about love and just getting really deep into it and finding out about her experiences with it. And I know there's a lot of valuable information. And I want to give you a little bit of information about Kim. Kim is the director of the humanitarian organization, a popular speaker, and she is also the author uh, of two books, I believe. And her first book, Crying Till You Laugh, is about her and her husband's battle with cancer after being diagnosed just four months apart. Wow. And then her second book, Love is, Love is chronicles her year-long quest to figure out the true meaning of love it's sometimes funny, sometimes scary, always enlightening journey that leads to life-changing discoveries found mostly on the streets of Haiti. And she serves up inspiration with a side of humor and life application for dessert. So hello, Kim, and thank you so much for being a part of the episode today. How are you? I am great, Tiffany. It is so great to be here. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm an entrepreneur. I started my first business right out of high school. Um, the most important thing is, is I, I love Jesus. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and I'm a mom. I have five kids. I have 11 grandkids. And I love people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the most important thing is to love people. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so today we're talking about the true meaning of love, 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 love. We hear this all the time and so many people have so many um, uh, definitions for love. But what prompted you to dedicate a full year to figure out what the true meaning of love is? Well, there were a couple things that happened. One is I lost my husband. He was diagnosed with cancer uh, with pancreatic cancer four months after my breast cancer diagnosis and died six weeks later. Wow. And it made me question love. It made me just question, was I doing it right? You know, do I really know what love is? Because there is this mystery around it, right? There's so many songs written about it and so many poems and so many movies and books. And, and yet it doesn't ever seem to be completely identified. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. just between a couple or whatever. But the other thing that made me want to do this is I heard about a man who was going to be living a year like Jesus and then writing a book about it. And I thought, oh, my word, that's going to change your life to live a year like Jesus. Like it has to change (laughs) your life. And so I pre-ordered the book. I couldn't wait to read it. And then I read it and I kept waiting for the big moments, right, that that Mm -hmm. were sure to happen. But it was more about wearing sandals. 
and having a drink at a bar with strangers. And it was the physical things of Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the spiritual things, the things right. that I expected, hoped for. And I thought, well, gosh, how would I do that differently? And, you know, in John, it says that God is love. Mm-hmm. So if God is love, if you lived love, then you'd be living the way he wants you to live. It'd be the closest to living like Jesus you could be. Mm-hmm. So those two things together uh, made me want to dedicate a full year to figuring out the true meaning of love. Wow. And, you know, Kim, what is love? And, you know, as a Christian, can we truly live out of characteristics of love that is stated in 1 Corinthians 13? And if so, how do you recommend a starting? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You can. Or you, you sure can try and do the best that you can do. But I used 1 Corinthians 13 as a roadmap. I took one of the words or phrases every month and focused on it for a full month and mm-hmm. found out quickly that there's 14. So it took me a little bit longer than a year. <laughs> so, but every one of them is, is unique and different, the, the meaning. And I figured out when you put love is or love is not in front of any word or phrase, it completely changes the meaning. And mm-hmm. so that's the first thing, I guess, is knowing what each of those things mean. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Paul wrote that, and told the church how to, how they should be acting. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are all valuable things and they're all unique. Um, they all have unique things. And then there's like a love umbrella over the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Give Kim, give us an example of like, uh, love is and love isn't. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, um, love is patient, right? The very first one, the very first month I thought, oh my gosh, this will be easy. I know what patience is. You know what patience is. You're not honking your horn when you're stuck in traffic. You're you're ready to go. They're not ready to go. Right. Mm -hmm. But I learned that love that is patient is different than that. Mm -hmm. I believe you're supposed to love everybody. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what what Jesus wants us to do. And it's stated way back in Leviticus that we're supposed to love everybody. So if you love everybody, that means you love the person you're with in a way that you recognize that this is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is in the future. This is the moment. And so to be fully present and focused and fully there engaging with the person in front of you, because they're going to be there with Mm -hmm. or without you. Mm -hmm. Your mind wanders and goes to something else. and, And then you're really not showing love. You're not giving all of yourself and love gives it all. Mm-hmm. And the love that is patient is in the moment. And I'll tell you, that was a really hard one for me. <laughs> it took me so much practice because I thought I was this great multitasker. Like I could be thinking about a meeting I had later and what kid I had to get to soccer practice while being in a full-blown conversation and having my rebuttal mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time, right? Yeah. And I soon discovered I am not that gifted. I am not that talented. And I don't know that anybody is. <laughs> so what I have found, though, is in learning this and practicing this myself and uh, getting better at it all the time, and hopefully I've, I'm, I've arrived, is that when you really focus and you're really there, you're truly engaged, 
you're showing that love that is patient, your ears open up and you hear things that you wouldn't hear otherwise. Instead of making assumptions about what somebody's going to say based on some label we put on them or, or whatever it is, or having our rebuttal ready, like I said, you know, instead of that, just to wait and listen and, mm-hmm. and truly hear, it just uh, changes the relationship. It changes everything when, when you really hear what somebody has to say. Mm-hmm. And and you brought out a very good point because most of us think of that love is patient. So you have to be patient in a car, you know, you have to be patient with your children and those things are true, but just extend it to where you've extended it. Um, and just being patient to be focused in the moment when someone is talking with you, um, that makes you look at it in a different light because I think about, uh, my nieces and my nephews and even my sister sometimes and just different people. And they can talk to me and I'm listening, but I'm still typing or I'm listening and, you know, doing that and just have to sit back and think, no, just put these things away and really sit and be invested with that individual at that time, you know, because our time is precious. So I thank you for bringing it out that that is love is patience in a way that it takes the other person into account to be fully in that moment with them. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what is the most important thing that you've learned about love during your journey? <laughs> well, I've learned that a lot of what we think about love isn't necessarily love. A lot of things done in the name of love are not love. And that love is, uh, is just way different than what I thought it was. And I've learned that, that we're taught love by our parents, by whoever, the influences, the people who influence our lives. and the things that they teach us about love are the things that they know and mm-hmm. they haven't necessarily been taught all the right things about love. So uh, one of the big things I think is that love is not a transaction. Mm-hmm. Love, you know, if I give you money and you give me a pair of jeans, that's a transaction. Mm-hmm. If I give you love because I'm expecting love in return, then that's a transaction. That's not love. Love doesn't do that. Love right. loves period, <laughs> no matter what you get in return. So you don't look for getting anything in return. If you do, great. But that's a bonus. You just love. Love just loves. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's powerful. It's not a transaction. You know, and you have to teach our children that too. You're, you know, the children to let them know just because I may not do this for you or that for you doesn't mean that I love you. It actually means I do love you because I'm trying to build responsibility um, with you and then learn to teach you different things. So it's not a transaction that that was very important. I think that was really good that stuck out. And so what would you say to those listening, you know, who may, and we're going to take it a little bit different as far as like, when we talk about love, that those that have experienced discrimination in the world or abuse or hate, or, you know, any of those types of things, how can they start the process of loving again, despite of those things that may have happened to them? That's such a great thing to talk about because, uh, I have an answer <laughs> and, um, and I can't wait to share it, but uh, we, we tend to look at people like, you know, we fall in love, right? Mm-hmm, we find mm-hmm. that special someone, we fall in love, we're all in, we're so excited. And then you get married and then he leaves his underwear on the bathroom floor <laughs> and then his dirty socks are someplace else. And then he doesn't help wipe off the table, clean, you know, whatever it is. 
And all of a sudden you're like, I don't, do I really love him? I don't know if I really love him. Well, yeah, you, you love people. Love, mm -hmm. love is something God is. It says God is love, not that God loves. God is love. So it's something you can be. It's, it's all encompassing. It's walking, talking, living, breathing. It's not an emotion like fear or excitement that comes and goes. You know, we, we don't live in fear. It, we're not always afraid. We're afraid when we watch that scary movie or whatever, but, mm -hmm. but then we're not afraid anymore. And we don't live in an emotion, but we live in love. And so love is not the things that people do. So when we start taking our love away because he left his underwear on the bathroom floor, that's, that's our problem. Mm -hmm. You know, for when you have when you have babies, that baby's born, you're in full control. You decide when they eat, you decide when they get a bath, you decide when they go to bed. But pretty soon, eight months later, whenever they start crawling around and the Tupperware is all over the kitchen floor and the pots and pans are everywhere. And you realize you have lost total control and you will never gain it back again. We <laughs> control, right? Isn't that right. Right? <laughs> we, we only control ourselves. We only control ourselves. We can't control what other people do. And, mm -hmm. and so often we make our love dependent on what other people do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people can do such ignorant things, you know, that, that we, put, we just go, you got to be kidding me. Why don't they know better? Why haven't they been taught? But nobody has walked in the same two pair of shoes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so who knows what, goes on in their family history or what goes on in their life or whatever. And not as an excuse, but as a, a better understanding of you just give love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take it away because somebody's acting foolish or mm -hmm. did something foolish to you or hurt you in some way. You just give love that that's all you have to do. It's mm -hmm. kind of our only job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so then, uh, when you face discrimination, when you face harsh, horrible words and things that are done in your home or around you at work or wherever it happens to be, you keep, keep the prize in mind, you know, that, that it's about being like Jesus and the easiest way to live the freed freest way is to love is to just love it's it's complete and total freedom because when when you just love and you realize you don't control anybody else but yourself there's no room for judgment there's no room for discrimination there's no room for racism there is no room for trying to fix people you know how good mm -hmm. am i at trying to fix people i mean that was my mo i i knew better you know, I don't know if you've had situations like that, yeah. but it's like, oh my gosh, if they only did this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. life would be so much better. But it's it's not our job. Our job is just to love. Mm -hmm. And and then we recognize that everybody's an individual. And it doesn't mean you gotta be, you don't have to like everybody. You don't have to be everybody's best friend. You don't have to hang with them, but just love them. And then you're free to be yourself and let them be who they believe they're created to be. And walk away if you need to, but it gives you this freedom that then you don't harbor things. You don't, mm -hmm. are, you don't bring it on yourself. Don't stress about it. Don't, 
have bitterness that just eats away at you. Mm-hmm. Just live in love and and it's as free as you can possibly be. Yes. And you know, Kim, one of the things that I can I can attest to and say, even even when growing up in my family household, I knew my mother loved me, but I didn't, she didn't say it often. And I've heard a lot of people on and off said, you know, I know my parents love me, but they didn't say it often, you know, but you know, you could tell they loved you and cared for you, but it's always good to let the person know that you do love them. So even when I was growing up, I looked for that love in all the wrong places you know, you tried to perform as a child to get love and it's not a performance. You're not doing anything to get it. True love just gives like you were talking about earlier. And when I got a relationship, when I, when I got saved at 12 and I remember going to the ministry that I was going to at the time, when I went in the doors of the church, it was just so much love there. It wasn't in what they said. It was just with their open arms, the way that they came in and loved on you um, and just showed the love of Christ. And if listeners, if you're listening here and um, some of you may not be a Christian or you may not know the Lord, but that knowing the Lord and coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ will help you understand how to love. Um, And because even with the relationship with Jesus Christ, there are times that things happen to us in life where it takes all that was within you, the Holy Spirit, to help you. Jesus helped me um, to get through this hurt because we have people that betray us. We have people that may not do things that we like. We do things that people might um, not like that we do, you know, as well. Um, but I've had situations, Kim, again, where it took everything. I told the Lord, I say, Lord, I need you to help me to forgive. I need you to help me to love in spite of because I'm going to come in contact in ministry and do dealing with different things. I'm going to have to come in contact with people all the time. And people are going to make mistakes because we make mistakes. Uh, but I cannot, like you say, allow the individual what that has been done to me affect the way I treat them. And that only comes a lot of times for me through the Holy Spirit and just helping in prayer in that relationship. Because the Bible says to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And so you have to take those things to him in prayer and and release those things. And sometimes it even goes further than that. And you might need to get professional help or professional counseling to see what you've experienced or what you may have been through um, in order to know what love is and what it's not. And that's what Kim is on here today, sharing with us some of the things that are not love and how to, what is love and how to get past that. But as a relationship and you as a fellow Christian as well, I believe you can testify to the same thing is that it's even with Christ, that's been a big help in being able to understand love even more. Oh yeah. I think it it is so much deeper when you Mm -hmm. have faith because you realize that it's not, uh, just some pie in the sky thing that, you know, the big bang happened and, and <laughs> yeah. here and, and that it, it's, it's for real. Like there, we're not just body, we're body and soul. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that deepens uh, who you are as a person, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And, and then deepens your love and, yeah. and your understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of causes you to look at the person through God's eyes. You look at it as, you know, he loves, them. You know, he loves that. And I, you have to step back sometimes and, and look at it through God's eyes and say, you know, how does God, even with ourselves, we don't, you know, sometimes we don't love ourselves and we've done things in the past, or we, we, we may have didn't please this person or that. And we have to say, but how does God see us? 
Um, and if we look through the eyes of love, how he loves us, I believe that we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves as well. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. And really to, to love other people deeply, to, to really love, you need to love yourself first. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always, I, I kind of think of it as like the, the Mona Lisa. I don't know what it would go for if it ever was auctioned off, but it'd be millions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it's one of a kind, mm-hmm. one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Well, so are you. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all one of a kind. There has never been anybody exactly like us and there never will be mm-hmm. We're one of a kind made in God's image. And so it's, it's a gift to be who you are. And instead of putting yourself down and worrying about your body, oh my gosh, women, we worry about, <laughs> right. our, body, we worry about our hair, uh-huh. everything <laughs> on this together. And uh, we worry about things or think about things we, we shouldn't have to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, God doesn't love us because we weigh a certain amount. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. love us because we have makeup on our face or we're wearing certain clothes or driving a certain car. You know, there are, mm-hmm. there's, there's <laughs> no condition to the love. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not like that. So mm-hmm. love, love who you are. God made you special mm-hmm. just the way you are. So mm-hmm. embrace it and love, love who you are. And then you can really love other people. That's so true. So now, Kim, can you give us an example of a story that brought you to a new understanding about love? I can. I'll tell you, (laughs) one of the ones that I was dreading was love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, my word. What can that possibly mean? Because we might forgive, but we don't forget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not like our memory is just erased because we've forgiven something that that has hurt us. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I didn't know. And so I kind of put it off. I didn't do that one in order. <laughs> I put that one off because I just didn't know. So it, finally, though, I decided I was going to work on it and figure it out. And that particular month, I was asked by a gentleman uh, from the United States to show him this water project that I was working on in Haiti. And he brought seven other men with him. So eight men from the U.S. And then I brought two Haitian friends along to translate and they'd been working on the water project. So they knew what to do. So, and they were both men. So eight American men, two Haitian men and me. And (laughs) we drive out to where they arranged that we were going to stay out in the countryside. And we got to where it was. And it was just this little building with two rooms. And there were four twin size beds in each room. But there was a little extra space and it's Haiti. You make <laughs> and, and we brought a couple of cots and an air mattress. So I'm thinking, ah, we're okay. We're all right. Well, pretty soon the guy that was the head of the American men called me over. Kim, Kim, can I talk to you? I'm like, sure. And he said, uh, did you see the rooms? And I'm thinking, buddy, there is nothing else to see. <laughs> this is a little <laughs> place. Of course I saw the rooms. And then I thought, oh, He's asking me because he thinks I'm going to want my own room. So I'll just say, oh, it's okay. I'll sleep outside. And he'll say, oh, no, no. If anyone should sleep inside, it should be you. And then I'll say, well, I don't care if there's other people in my room. And he'll say, oh, good, because there's only so much space. Mm -hmm. I said, well, it's okay. I'll sleep outside. And he said, oh, good, good. Because we have men on our trip who would not be comfortable with a woman in their room. Oh, wow. Wow. Backfiring, right? And I thought, gosh, I wear pajamas. And 
what what is gonna happen in the middle of the night with a bunch of people in a room like I don't I, I wasn't understanding it and there were a couple of other things that he asked me to do too uh and made me feel like um I was definitely not as good mm-hmm. I was definitely pushed down and you go sleep outside that's fine you sleep outside because you're a woman mm-hmm. and uh which is an interesting feeling I mean the, mm-hmm. and the, many people have had to face and it's not a good one Mm-mm. but I said I was going to do it and it really was about the people that we were going to help with clean water and so I looked around and I saw this piece of plywood and these sort of t- wooden structures that could hold it up and then I could sleep underneath it so if it rained at least I wouldn't get wet mm-hmm. and we did bring an air mattress so the first night I go to bed and I blow up the air mattress well, the air mattress held air for about an hour. And then I was sleeping on gravel and it was so loud because dogs were barking and the horns were honking. And, and that finally died down sometime probably between midnight and 1am. Then 2am, voodoo drums started in the distance and they went for a couple hours and that kept me up. So finally four o'clock or so in the morning, I was able to doze off. And I was fearful, very fearful, because there are tarantulas and there are snakes and there are chupacabras or whatever it is that lurks in the bushes of Haiti. And I thought, oh, my word, what if something bites me? Can I get airlifted to Miami? Like, do they have the antivenom to whatever it is that's going to dismember me? Like, am I going to survive this? And so I was afraid. I would pray and pray, Lord Jesus, please don't let anything, <laughs> please just keep it away. So the first night came and went, nothing happened. Second night, blew up the air mattress, same thing. I was sleeping on gravel in an hour and the horns and the dogs and the voodoo drums. Finally, I'm asleep. <laughs> but I woke up because there was something on my leg. And wow. I was scared to death. I just thought, oh my gosh, my worst fear. What is it? What could it possibly be? And I did not know what it, what it could be. But I, I don't know about you. I do not like snakes or tarantulas. Uh, I don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so I was laying on my back thinking, well, that, that way I can get up and run. So I slept on my back all week thinking that's the easiest way to get up and run. So I'm on my back. And so I slowly lifted my head. And I slowly opened my eyes. And it was a chicken. It was a dang chicken on my leg. And I didn't know whether to be happy because it was just a chicken or mad because it woke me up. And so I shoot it away, got a little bit more sleep. Third night came and went. Everything was fine. Fourth night, blow up the air mattress. I'm sleeping on gravel, the dogs, the horns, the voodoo drums. Finally, I'm asleep. (laughs) And again, I wake up because there's something on my leg. And again, I am scared to death. So again, I slowly lift my head and I slowly open my eyes. And again, it was the dang chicken. And again, I didn't know whether we mad or happy, but I shoot it away. And that night we did have chicken for dinner. So my fifth night was just fine. (laughs) It was, it was all good. And, you know, I got to say at first it was bitter. I thought, who do these guys think they are, you know, treating me this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all about equality, but this was not equality. This was <laughs> you are less than you're sleeping out there, right? And uh, 
but I am a woman too. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gosh, I hope my sons wouldn't treat a woman like that, mm-hmm. that they were raised better than that. And so uh, I was mad. I was bitter. I thought, who do they think they are? And then I realized I was working on love does not keep record of wrongs. And it dawned on me what it means. And what it is, is, yeah, we don't forget the things that happen to us. You know, we don't, we don't forget those things. But the narrative changes. The tone of the story changes. So instead of, gosh, these rotten guys that did this to me, and bitterness only hurts me, right? They don't even know I'm mad. So, <laughs> but instead of me being angry and, and stewing and getting sick over it, uh, it's just this funny thing that happened to me. And now I could literally sleep anywhere in the world and be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And so it's just the, the tone of the story changes, the narrative changes. So you don't hang on to that bitterness. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, and I'm just, while you were just telling me the story, I was thinking the same way. I probably would have been upset. I would want to be fussing, you know, <laughs> just everything. But then- you 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 get to the point where like you said you don't forget um but you forgive and and you move on and you learn from those experiences uh because some it, it could have been worse you know but um you learned a lesson there that you just can't hold it was a tough lesson but like you said now you can live <laughs> you know pretty much anywhere and be able um to do that so that was a tough lesson in love and um listeners you may have to go through some things in life that you feel like is unbearable, um, but know that the Lord loves you. Know that he looks upon you and know that he is there with you. Um, and whatever the wrong that has been done, you just forgive and release and ask the Lord to take that upon your upon him because his yoke is easy. It may be a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I've, I've gone through things where it was a process, um, but you get to that maturity that the quicker you let go and allow God to move, the quicker your heart begins to heal and you can love others. And you know what, Kim, it feels so good to love other people and just be able to love because when you give that love and joy, you don't know who needs it that day. You know, I tell people, even at the restaurant, you know, they can, you can have the most meanest waitress or waiter, but you don't know what that, what they've gone through through that day, but you can just bring a smile or you can be the one that brings that atmosphere of love to change that individual. And so I hope you guys were listening today to Kim, because she was sharing some great things that you just have to be able to love. You're responsible for how you treat others. And when you begin to take the initiative and say, I'm going to love, then you will begin to see things change. So Kim, if you would pray those that are listening today that may find it hard to love or may be experiencing just any type of rejection or anything like that and find it difficult to love. Yeah, well, I I think, you know, one thing is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier is that you don't control it. You don't Mm -hmm. control other people. Mm -hmm. The amount of love that they give or don't or how they act or behave, that's on them. Mm -hmm. And there are times you got to walk away mm-hmm. times that, that people are toxic in your life. You know, they, they're not helping you be, mm-hmm. be better. They're not helping you uh, be happy. And so there are, there are those times and then pray for them, you know, just pray for them, mm-hmm. but you don't, you don't have to have them in your life, mm-hmm. but 
the amount of love that you give, living love, walking it, embracing it, being love to other people is completely up to you. Mm-hmm. And when you, it, it's, it's so interesting to me because people will say, well, I love everybody. I, I love everybody, but those darn Republicans are those darn <laughs> Democrats, right? You're right. I love everybody, right. but I do. I love everybody, but uh-huh. you know, I love everybody, but. Right, right. Labels off people. Mm-hmm. We're not a label. I'm Kim. You're Tiffany. Mm-hmm. We're people. We're mm-hmm. individual, beautifully made individuals that are mm-hmm. unlike anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the labels have to go away. You know, they're stop putting labels on people. Let people mm-hmm. be who God created them to be. That's oh, right. And then you allow yourself to be who God created you to be. That's so true. Yes, yes. Well, would you pray for the listeners today before we get ready to go? I would love to. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for Dr. Tiffany and all the work that she does and yes. what she brings to people and helps with things in their lives. Lord, I just pray for everybody listening that love becomes something that you want to be mm-hmm. and that it starts with you, that you see yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror today and see yourself through God's eyes and love yourself. Lord, I pray that you just open everybody's eyes to see themselves like you see us and see others then too like you see them. Lord, just give us the strength, the wisdom, the power yes. to do it all. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 And thank you so much again, Kim, for being a part of the podcast. Now, if the listeners want to get a copy of your books or get more in touch with you, how would, what would be the best way for the listeners to do that? Well, Love Is is the name of the book. Love is. It's a dark blue cover. It's uh, at brick and mortar stores like Barnes and Noble. It's also on Amazon. Pretty easy to find. And um, and I feel like I've done everybody's homework for them. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go live in Haiti. <laughs> you don't have to get chickens on you or do any of that. Like I did the work. <laughs> and so you can just read the book. And and that's it's not a rainbows and unicorn kind of book. It is <laughs> it is the down and dirty, the gritty, the the things that I went through in Haiti. And so, uh, but, but it's available there. My website, my last name's ridiculous. There's way too many <laughs> letters, two R's, two E's, two L's. Nobody ever remembers S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E, KimSorrell.com. But you can also get to my website at loveis.info, loveis.info. And I have a 14-day love challenge there that anybody can sign up for it. It's completely free. Mm-hmm. And if you do sign up for it, I will send you for free a WWLD wristband. What would love do? Because if you can answer everything that way, you will always be doing the right things. Wow. So listeners, you make sure you go. And we'll also have her information in the link to this podcast. So when you listen, you can just click and go directly to her site and be able to take that and be able to get your free wristband. So thank you again, Kim, for being a part today. We are so glad to have you again. And listeners, until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. 
like to learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.